there's things that like I will boil up that I'll just like go to a different stress reliever. In this case, is like the gym and like pushing my body to a limit because like then I'll release anything like I'm building up. So I feel like to me that's kind of how I I like deal with like stressful or like depressing times. Sure, um, and and something you'll find out if you do ever have a a real mental illness is that that is solid advice. But right now, just like advertised by me, this is the Down to Talk Radio podcast with me and Mr. Dewey Da Vinci. Hello, Mr. Dewey Da Vinci. How are you, sir? I'm great since you're here now. That's good to hear. Well, I barely made it here here alive with all the winter snow. Yeah. Be careful out there. Is, like, is it coming down right now? Uh, not very bad, but the roads are very icy. Very, like, uh, treacherous to drive. Oh, really? It's, it's been weird. Like, it has been snowing, but it's been, like, super, like, packed down. Like, yeah. it's not, like, snowing a bunch at once, so, like, it melts, but like, it's, like, super packed. I don't know if that's, like, an accurate statement. Yeah, that's well, it's, it's a wet like. snow, so it's, like, it's not as, like, crystallized or powdery. So the second it touches the asphalt, it melts and freezes over, which isn't which isn't a great scenario. But today, I, I feel like there's a lot happening in the world right now, and Mr. Doobie Da Vinci's, uh, like he says, is opinionated, which I think is a great mix when it comes to this pot tax. Sure. I loved when we were talking about when the World Cup was going on, and, we were talk- and you were telling me all about like the slavery. I was, right, you, yeah, right. yeah, you, you were talking to me about like this, like how like there are so many like quote unquote slaves that like built the thing. Then I saw somewhere it's like around the world there's more slaves now than there was at like peak like 1800s or oh, like 1700s. Definitely like America. You know, well, uh, something that we don't get as Americans is kind of a. We get a very narrow view, uh, and we also kind of get told like we're the only ones that did slavery. But uh, newsflash: everyone in the world did slavery at the time, and still pretty much does. Besides the you know Western countries, um, and it's kind of a crazy thing because, like I was saying about the World Cup, um, it was in Qatar, Qatar, uh, obviously this year. Um, but the problem was is obviously they. I can't remember when it was announced. They had it, it had been announced that they would be hosting, I do believe, six years before. Yeah, it um, took a long time. So, yeah, so they, the, the council that decides where the World Cup will be held gives them, like, six years in advance. So they'll announce it six years, and then six years from then they will host it's it. It's kind of right? like the Olympics. Yeah, in a way. Uh, and so it gives them time to, like, build infrastructure and whatever, build the stadium. And so in Qatar, though, uh, they obviously I don't. honestly don't know where Qatar is. Uh, Middle East. If you act like, yeah, like I had an idea, but like, even if you're like pointing at a map with no names, I could be like, um, no, like I, w- I don't know. Sure. Uh, Google brother. Well, you know, Google I'm just saying like thing. my own skills. Like I'm like, man, I love playing the bass in guitar. Like, sure. <laughs> but, uh, the really, the really interesting thing there was, um, here's the thing. I'm not a big sports fan. I don't support the world cup. I don't support, um, a lot of different industries, but this one was unique because the stadium, not only the stadium, but billions of dollars went into building hotels, railways, um, restaurants, the the stadium itself, billions of billions of the billions nine. of dollars in doing so kind of the way they did that uh, was with slave labor. Um, it, and not only just it's not technically slave labor, it, right? Well, but you know, they, like you it know. is slave labor. They did it under the guise of paid labor. So they, they advertised to the other, these other countries in the surrounding area, places like India, um, to come. You know, you'll get paid a really great wage, a wage that's better than they could get in their home country, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but the problem was, is that one, they had to spend all their personal money to get visas and the travel to go to Qatar. And when they got there, they were not paid. Uh, they were housed in filthy shacks. Uh, and most of them, well, not most of them, but there was a lot of cases of people dying uh, due to heat exhaustion, due to abuse uh, by the you know people overseeing the quote unquote workers. Yeah, um, it was a whole uh, whole human rights violation thing, and that kind of I, I knew about this for a while. Uh, so by I, definition, it isn't slavery, but also it is because it's human rights. That kind of way. Is that, would you say that's correct? No, I'd say it's exactly slavery. If you're okay. not getting paid for the labor that you are. Well, they were not getting paid at all? They weren't getting paid at all. No, they oh. did not. So it was like false advertisement. It was a lie. Yes. Okay, it, okay. it was blatant deceit. I didn't know if they actually did or not. I just knew. No. Oh, you, many okay. of the workers today still haven't gotten paid and they're not going to get paid. Oh, okay. So they spent uh, years of their life building the stadium for the World Cup uh, that made billions of billions of dollars, obviously. That's right. Uh, and they have not received a dime. And they hey, will not some receive of the games are fire, though. I know you're not really into it, but like some of them are fire. No, I, I don't care. I don't support an industry that allows that to happen. And my main beef is that the uh, that everyone still just sits down and watches the game and is happy about it. Um, and it, one, the awareness obviously wasn't there, but also it was because the FIFA president apologized for it in oh, the yeah. weakest manner possible. Like, sorry, so many people died. It, so. so I, I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't know that this was happening. I apologize on the behalf of FIFA. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Your apologies mean nothing. Stop the games because you're gonna you're still gonna benefit off this. You're gonna make billions and billions of dollars. What do they off do? The, what do they do with the stadium afterwards? Like post. They just leave it there. Uh, really? They can obviously use it for Practice like and stuff. You know. Well, if if they ever have other events like that, or if they have, do they have a team? <laughs> I don't know. If they do, it's not very like, like you know. obviously it's not very prevalent. Um, it was a very interesting decision to have it in Qatar anyway, because it is such a like you're saying, you don't know where Qatar is. Like, I don't know. Um, like I don't even, like I don't know. Like when I think of soccer teams, like like I, I can name you countries that have soccer teams, but like I have no idea if they have one. Sure. Well, they don't have a professional one as far as I I'm aware. Um and it's it's weird that they out of all the other countries in the world who do like really support soccer, who have these teams and already have this kind of infrastructure, wouldn't have gotten chosen over Qatar. Um, it may, it mainly, if you don't know how it works, is the FIFA has a council um, who decides where it's going to be. Kind of like the Olympics, right? Like people, well, people bid in, but like, hey, like I'll yes. So there, I'll there is bids placed. Um, so there's money involved. There's a lot of bribery involved as well. Um, so basically, if you whoever pays the highest dollar is going to get it. And yeah. with Qatar, they're a very rich country due to the oil and the you know the oil industry there. So they have they have money upon money, country wise, like the country maybe not like yes. Qatar itself, but like no, the, the Qatar Qatar the country has a ton oh, of money. Oh. Maybe I'm thinking of like is is it the same like the city that like had it? You know if the city is like pretty well off or so. Qatar has a president. Got it. Um, like most countries in the Middle East do, they're kind of independent. That we we like to refer to them as the Middle East, but they are very independent countries within themselves. Yeah. So the country of Qatar, uh, they have their own, you know, funds and stuff like that, that they get from their citizens, whatever through the oil field, and so they have they have a ton of money. In fact, they're I think they're in the top five richest countries in the Middle East. I don't think they are the top. Um, they're in the top five for sure. They're no Dubai, but you know. They're, they are not Dubai. I know Dubai is not the country, but yeah, right? Dubai isn't the country. 
it's not like like San Francisco, San San Andreas, San. What are you talking about? Like Dubai, I know Dubai isn't Dubai like the city. Dubai is not oh, the country. It, you're right. You're right. It's a city in the United Arab Emirates. So yeah, okay. you're correct in that. But what is the country called? You know, like San the the United Arab Emirates. Oh, that's what. Oh, okay. It's a it's a got it. Couple of countries there. Um. Anyway, uh, I don't like the whole thing because FIFA president gets to throw out weak apology, uh, weak sauce, and uh. Something obviously it was a huge thing. Even even here on campus, we had it play on the the big screens. Here it was packed every day that the oh, it was so World Cup was going on. People cheering, people screaming. I watched. Okay, before you keep going, yeah. Um, like my last day of a class, we had taken this like review for the final. Then we we got done a little early. Then we was in my sports nutrition class. So the teacher is the sports dietitian for the school, and she also played soccer here like a few a few years back. Um, so one of my friends was like, hey, put on the World Cup real quick. Because it was like, I guess there was like the one, the second to last, like in the semifinals or something. And there were like, when it, when there's a tie, they do like kicking. So they'll kick a couple of like a few times at the goalie, at the goalie to get points to see who wins. Then she was like, hey, if you got, if you can bet the right team, I'll give everybody extra credit. And during the day we had like, we had done this review. We had done this review. And to see who would get extra credit. So we picked the team in the whole class got extra credit instead of like one little team, which was kind of cool. That was my positive experience about it, though. Wow. I know. Definitely worth the, the many lives lost. That's, well, I'm so glad you got extra credit. Logan. For my B, I got on the test. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> okay, I think I got A minus. A? A. A in the class. Wow. I know. Really putting it in perspective. Thanks, Tatar. Thanks. Your, your biggest issue in life is getting a B minus. Their biggest issue in what? life is dying and not getting paid to support their families. Well, to me, they're the same. <laughs> <laughs> Bold statement, brother. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I didn't like that whole thing uh, because obviously the FIFA World Cup made bank. Money. They, Qatar made money and FIFA made money, the, the corporation FIFA. And the fact that this went so under the radar and was so non-important, such a non-issue, and that people still just sat down like, cheered and stuff and the the fact that the players like didn't refuse to play or something like that the coaches Neil. well it's like I, I don't know i just don't think that's correct and i i think it was such a lenient um not judgment because there's nothing nothing happened to him nothing bad happened to him yeah it continued as usual there was no repercussions for these actions taken uh fifa claimed you know plausible deniability which they don't have I'm sorry. You, they knew this was going on. You can't play dumb here. Uh, Qatar knew, obviously knew it was going on, and uh, they gave a weak sauce apology as well. Weak sauce. But nonetheless, it, did, it didn't end up mattering because everyone still just sat down and watched it. And that's, that's something that a lot of people need to learn is that the way that we get social change isn't through, like, speaking up about it. It's not about, like, in a way it's about speaking up about it, but not as big as putting your money where your mouth is. Because if you don't give your money to these companies, if you don't watch the stuff, if you don't get them their ratings that they need, that's where they're going to hurt. And they're, they're still going to give out these lame sauce apologies because all they're in for is the cash FIFA Qatar. They do not care about the personal well being of any individual on this planet. 
they care about getting their cash money. Now, I'd say the biggest problem with this instance is that everyone just watched anyway. And a lot of people didn't know about it, but even the people who did know about it, I feel like watched it. Yeah. Uh, like I like it, I like I don't watch soccer, but I'm like, hey, everybody's like these there's a bunch of cute girls watching soccer right now, so I can be like, hey, what team you watch? You know, you know where my motivation is. I, I do know where your motivation yeah. is. Um but that's that's the thing is I'd say social change is a big topic. It's a, it's a big um you know what that makes me think of? Fad right now. Not that it I'm saying it's a fad, not that social change is bad, but it's a fad because of the way that social change is being enacted. Um a lot of people are just thinking that they can be loud um, about what they care about, which to a degree is fine, but that doesn't get you anywhere. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm a, I'm a serial complainer. I love to complain, that makes but complaining th- has gotten me nowhere. What gets me somewhere is like threats, <laughs> threats. No, like if, if a company knows, so say, um, I do have a really good example about this in the oh. U S after you're done. Okay. Or, or right now. Sure, give me the example and I'll, I'll go off um, that. I was going to give it to like, myself. The funny thing is that you're saying all these things. I've had this idea for like a minute and everything that everything that I was thinking about, like you were saying similar things. And I was thinking, I was like, oh, what's a company in the U.S. that has a great, um, people love it greatly, but the bottom line is about money and it's kind of a scam. But even though people are passionate about it, it's a good thing, but at the same time, why people are passionate about it and where the funds are going is a bad thing. And that made me think of one thing. I kind of saw part of a documentary about it. It's about the BLM movement, Black Lives Matter. Sure. Like at the time, like the theory, like the thing is like in theory, it's a good thing. You know, they feel like they're they're put on. They're not as respected. Like then they want more. But then when you look at how they execute there's a lot of like mixed function. Like I, there was this documentary that came out on the Daily Wire that this lady goes all into it and sees where the funds are going because it was such a big deal in like 2020. And I guess in the same way it still is, but just not as loud. But it was such a big deal in 2020 with a bunch of peaceful, but a lot of non-peaceful riots that happened. That sh- but that showed people cared about it so much, but like what they're putting their money into really went to went to like two people people that bought mansions, people that weren't using it, what people thought. So it's kind of, in a way, it was a scam, even though, like, the idea behind it was good, but, like, the execution of it was very bad. But by the soccer, like, the idea of having it at this Middle East country was a good thing, but how they execute with building it and people just not acknowledging the bad things about it, but just sugarcoating it because it's a soccer game. I would agree with you on some points there. On some points, I literally just uh, thought about that. So, you know. no, that's a great example because yes, um, I would say that is one of the most recent examples of what I like to call slacktivism. Uh, it's popular. What was that? Is that? I'll, did I'll you explain. Make up, did you make up that word? I did not make up that word. Oh, it's like, it very. Dang. It's popular nomenclature within like uh, people who who kind of study charities and stuff because a lot of charities do that sort of thing. They they hop on a social trend, um, create this corporation around it which they under the guise of a charity, right? Yeah. We're, we're charitable because we're giving some of this money away, but most of it goes to operating costs and or the personal people getting paid. Yeah. I, I would agree. I think uh, with the BLM movement, I think the main point of error is the fact that it became a corporate thing because all of a sudden, like it started out as a, like a saying or a phrase, 
then all of yeah. a sudden the company which it is a company, Black Lives Matter, that's what everyone started referring to. And like, donate to this, donate to this. But that's the problem. When you are giving your money to some corporate entity rather than putting it directly into the community yourself, you are at error. Because that money is not going to see what you think it's going to the see. The light of day is not going to go there. It, it rarely does. Uh, most charities are like this. Um, a great example is Coney 2012. If you don't know about... Um, I don't. So Coney 2012 was... A movement back in 2012, obviously. Uh, Joseph Kony is a uh, Ugandan warlord who would kidnap children, kill their families, uh, make them eat their parents, and then be- teach, become have them become child soldiers to go slaughter other villages. Um, Dang. But in doing so, uh, there there was a man, and I'm not going to put his name out there, but you can. there's plenty of inter- videos on the internet. If you want one, uh, look up Internet Historian Kony 2012. Great video gives a great explanation of what happened there. Um, but the problem is, is they hop on these social trends because it was a hot topic at the time, right? Uh, awareness was starting to come around. So he founded an organization, uh, Stop Coney or Coney 2012 is what it was called. Um, and, you know, kind of does the same thing. Oh, we need to stop the same kind of rhetoric. And, and you'll notice this if you ever work for a company or I'd say almost anything else, religions, um, tons of other things have this have a rhetoric of kind of convincing you to do stuff uh and like under the guise of it's it's good when really it's profitable uh and so with this Coney 2012 raised quite a bit of money um but in the end very very little of it ever went to stopping uh Ugandan warlord Coney which once again how do you do how do you think you donating money to this corporation gonna stop, is going like, to ha- Are they going to go over there and shoot him himself? Are they going to send SEAL Team 6? I don't think that'd so. That would be dope, though. Yeah. What, are, what are they possibly going to do as a corporation? That's a good example. That's a good example. Well, it's, it's most charities. Most charities do that exact same thing. Like, um, if you, and a lot of them, one of the recent uh, hot topics that I, I recently found out about is that, uh, I, I'm sure you've heard this, uh, a lot of charities are like, oh, we go to africa and build schools for children and stuff like that so if you don't know what happens there is that they will go build those schools for children and they'll take pictures with the kids and they'll do this kind of stuff So excited to learn sure and it it becomes this thing like oh wow this is actually happening this is this is great people are seeing this people are donating money to help do this those schoolhouses get taken down immediately after oh really yes they do uh, they get taken down by the villagers because it's more profitable to sell those materials oh. than it is to have the schoolhouse. Oh, so they do like give it away to the community, and the community's like, "Yeah, well, education's I, but we want to have houses with this material." Is that like a good? No, they sell it. Okay, because it is it is more profitable for them to sell those materials than to have a schoolhouse. So, it, honestly, okay. So the company like. Does what they supposed to do, but well, then the com- supposed trying, to do. To learn. No, no, I understand. Supposed to do in a very um, fundamental sense because it. it's a company. There's employees. They have to get paid, so they may receive a billion dollars, um, but most of that money is going to go for the people working for the company for the charity, right? Yeah. So in the end, only a little amount is sent over there when these billions and millions of dollars have been sent to help these people. And imagine what good could have been done if all of that fund, and since it's a charity, that's what it's supposed to do, is send all that fund to the people who needed it, which is uh, 
never the case, unfortunately. And that's the, that's the thing. I, I never donate to charities because I, I understand how this works. Uh, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. You can't fool me again. Well, that's what you're going to say. <laughs> uh, shame on me. If, if I'm uh, uneducated enough to believe you at this point, take my money. Take advantage of me. I think the main, like, I, I'll, I'll donate, but the main reason, like, I won't donate at, like, Walmart or McDonald's because I know when it comes to, like, a corporation that, like that, there's a lot of tax benefits for them to donate to a, to donate to charity. So I know it's it's not per se going to be used. Like, I rather, like, I'm fine of, like, giving to charity in theory, like, or, like, a homeless man or something like that. Sure. Well, you, well that's even, the way it like, should even be Even though, done. like, it might, he might use it for, for whatever. It, exactly. But, like, like, I don't want to give it to a company to help them save money. Sure. Just in general. So that, that's another thing is most most rich people who have charities. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, DiCaprio is a great example. He ha, he has a bunch of different charities about you know saving the planet, stop global warming. Yeah, he still rides his private jet at least twenty times a week, uh, burning tons and tons of jet fuel, uh, and thinks he can plant trees to make up for that. That's not how that works, buddy. Uh, and especially he gets tax write offs for that. Yeah. It's not like he's doing it out of the goodness of his heart. Probably uh, both. No. I, I do not believe that. And here's the thing. I can't, I, I will not accept that you can have a good motive and portray it as a good motive and yet still do stuff that contradicts what you're preaching. Cause like he, like he's saying, he, he, he's been on this big thing for years about global warming, how it's going to kill the human race, blah, 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 which may be so who cares if it does. Right. My thing is his actions do not match up with what he's trying to preach to people. Because he rides a private jet. He produces more emissions than, I'd say, he, he produces more emissions in like a week than like Cedar City, the whole town does, with a private jet. If you know anything about private jets, they burn fuel, baby. Burn fuel. <laughs> I love how you said baby on that. It, well, it does. Oh, and, give, give me your thoughts on like Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast? Oh, this is actually a great one. I don't have a good feeling like, about him. Well, why? Because I thought I was like, oh, like you were giving this example. And I was like, oh, like somebody like. I don't know him like like oh like he had he's part of like he's a I don't know he's I don't think he's the founder but he's like part of like saving the ocean the center is like I know team he's like, sees team trees yeah sure like, I, like I know he's extremely busy so I was like oh like like how is this example because he's like he's kind of in the same realm of what you're kind of describing like like yeah I know he flies and he's like extremely busy but at the same time he has like something he's promoting to like save the seas. Well, it's a, it's the same rule of thumb. How much money do you think he's making off of those things? A lot. Uh, he's, he's become a very wealthy man in his past couple of years on YouTube and he may be doing these good things, but it's all for profit, which I think takes a lot away from doing good things. Uh, if you are doing good things for money, I don't think that can count as good anymore. I don't think that's morally correct because um, here's the thing. Mr. Beast is getting those same tax write-offs that Walmart and these companies does. In fact, he makes probably as, almost as much as Walmart does. He makes a no lot. No way. No way. Do you know how much money he makes? I probably have an idea. He makes a lot of money, Logan. Yeah. And, and to think that he's somehow, because you like, I'm assuming you like him. Yeah, I like Mr. Beast. I, I can tell. I think like, um, the, I think like his, like in general, he's like good. See, and I'm assuming you watch his videos and things like that. You... You have gotten into a bias because indoctrinated Logan. It it is, it is. He makes these YouTube videos. He makes he becomes this icon. Uh, people watch his videos. They like him. They love his content, and so they think that anything he does is good. 
And that's something that is very dangerous uh, when it comes to like charitable things. So when he goes around and he gives money to these people, uh, you have to think about that because he's not losing a single thing, which doesn't necessarily make it wrong, but he's doing it for profit. He's making content to make money. He's, he's taking people to the GameStop and letting them buy what's ever in the triangle or in the circle yeah, yeah. to make money. It's because it's an interesting idea because most people don't have that much cash to throw away. But in this case, it's not a throwaway. I wonder because he is making infinitely more on that video for, from the views than he is giving away. So, yeah, it makes me think like, like if I'm in the head of Jimmy, I think I, I wonder at this point that he cares less, like, cause he's been making a lot of money for a decent amount of time now. Yes. So I, I wonder if money is less important to him and more like these different activities, giving away the money more for like others. Like I assume, like I've been listening to this, like, I was telling telling you a little bit about yesterday. I listened to this like motivational guy named Eric Thomas, and he was talking about like after he got his PhD and stuff like that, he was able to like charge companies like X amount for his time since he he has like a certificate, he has like qualifications that companies like being like a doctorate in something. So, but he's so he's able to charge more. But I don't know if this is the same with Mr. Beast, but he he does it all for like his family, his wife. He like. Those are like his main motivations to do it. So he's like his generations can have like wealth and things like that. So I feel like, if we're, I don't want to say compared to Jimmy, but I feel like with this guy, when I listen to him, I'm like, oh, like, yeah, he's doing it for money. But, he, but like the reasons why he do, he's doing it for money is good. Okay. So how do you know his motivations? Because I feel like he says them like all the time. Because that's what he tells you, right? Yeah. And w- that's a dangerous thing. If somebody is telling you something, especially very frequently and often, usually means they're trying to get you to accept that whether it may be true or not. They're trying to get you to like, know it happened to, to agree with them, even if it's not true. Cause how truly we don't know Mr. Beast motivations and we never will unless he says it or, you know, or unless it comes out that he's a bad man, which I, my prediction for the future is that that will happen. Uh, I, I have a, strong feeling that Mr. Beast will have a great he'll, downfall. He'll become like the Ellen of YouTube. No, I think he'll be he found out for that. He abuses his staff. Well, those allegations have already come out. Nobody cares. Um, I'm talking about big stuff like oh. tax fraud, him laundering a lot of this money because he, and that's speculation. That's my opinion of him, but I do not get okay. a good feeling from him. Um, especially with it. For anyone who believes that Mr. Beast uh, is like that, he's not. It is a personality that he puts on on YouTube to make and sell content to children. And it is mainly children. And that's a that's another thing I do not like is when you are marketing towards children because of how impressionable and stupid they are. They will watch anything and they will give you those views you need. And that just piles up in his pockets. And he knows that. He plays the system that way. His videos are not directed towards adults. Whether whether or not adults may enjoy them. <laughs> it it is eight year olds to 12 year olds is the demographic just in general. I think people need to just keep in mind that when they hear corporations, companies, influencers saying that they're doing all these good things, know that it's not because they are good. Yeah. But I, I'd say that, um, keep a wary mind when it comes to corporations saying that they're good or doing good things because they're good, that it, 
you shouldn't trust that. There's always ulterior motives that are profiting them more than what good they are doing. Companies are a necessary evil. They provide jobs. They provide infrastructure. Here's the thing. I go to the Walmart every day. I, right, there's right. always something I need, something That's I'm going right. to grab. But I also used to work at Walmart. I know how the back workings work, how much money is wasted and how much they are taking from you as the customer. Uh, it, it's an old adage. I don't you know. know about this. Explain like how they taking money. Okay. From. I mean, so I like Walmart. Do you know what drop shipping is? Yeah. Okay. So drop shipping is buying stuff from China, things that's, off of AliExpress that costs yeah. one cent, Alibaba. two cents, 10 cents and selling it for $20, $10 on Amazon, yeah. making amazing profits. Gross. And, and while gross, I'd say gross amount of money, definitely. <laughs> and I, I'd say um, a lot of people don't like that. I personally think it's sickening, but I also have the wider perspective to know that that's exactly what Walmart does. That's exactly what Amazon does with all of their products. They yeah. buy it for cents on the dollar, make 3000% profit and still pay their workers a low wage. And so while, you know, the CEO of the company is getting paid millions and millions of dollars a year, I'm over here working for $14 an hour and even when the price, so a great, great example of this is inflation. So Walmart is marking up those prices due to inflation, right? Prices of what? Everything. Okay. Did you not realize that? Eggs. So, so exact eggs is a great example. Went from $6 for a 60 count to $16 for a 60 count. Yeah. Um, but what you'll find is that when you were working in the back and working with the numbers, uh, which I had a, ex- I was able to do, you see that the, amount that it has increased for them does not justify the amount of markups they create oh. inflation while maybe a certain thing they're paying a, you know a couple more cents for these items and marking them up dollars upon dollars more to kind of make it seem that like oh it's a bigger deal than it was happening exactly and it. not only that but our wages stay the same so while the price of food increases, the price of everything else increases, I'm still getting paid $14 an hour. So now when I used to be able to go, you know, buy, let's say a meal at the deli for 10 bucks. Now 12, it's $14 for the meal at the deli. Great example of this is McDonald's. In fact, we went to McDonald's just before here. They have really? a bundle, uh, two quarter pounders and 20 nuggets for $10 used to be the bundle, right? Now it jumped up to. 13 just a couple weeks ago today it is up to $18 no for what same thing same product two quarter pounders and 20 nuggets from $10 to $18 now I highly doubt that they are paying four more dollars for those nuggets and uh, crappy beef patties Uh, I do not believe that I know that's not the case is that what you got from McDonald's no and they have a two for six quarter pounders currently so I got those I was like what but what what I'm saying is that while they may have to put out a little more cash to buy these items. They mark it up exponent, so exponentially that they are not struggling at all. In fact, they are making more than they previously were because now they have an excuse. It's inflation. It's uh, not our fault. Uh, you know, we're struggling too. We're giving you the best prices we can. They're lying. They are lying to you. But unfortunately, that's just how cap, it works. How it works. Uh, and that's that's a very unfortunate way. Like I said, companies are a necessary evil. People with money don't necessarily care about money in the sense that it's not a struggle for them to have money. So they can make those non-emotional decisions because they don't care. They still are going to have 
a $3 million paycheck at the end of the year. They're still going to be living in their mansion in Malibu. Uh, Meanwhile, so they get the, they get the luxury of not having to be emotional. They can make these harsh decisions that make it hard on normal people because they're not a normal person. I'll give you this example. My, my grandfather is quite a wealthy man. Oh really? Um, but the part that I love about him isn't that he has a ton of money. It's that when we go to McDonald's, he still complains about the Big Mac being five dollars. He thinks that's ridiculous, and I love that is because five dollars. No, oh. but the point is, is that he's still he's rich, yet he is not willing or he's upset, just as I am, to pay five dollars for a Big Mac. Or the McChicken. Let's talk about the McChicken for a minute. Hey, it used, it used hey, to be a buck. I, it is now one seventy five. Once ridiculous. I, last time I, I looked, stopped it was eating one twenty five, one thirty or something. I stopped eating McChickens a year ago because of this. Uh, it jumped up to from one dollar to one fifty overnight, and I said, "I'm done. Goodbye." I remember that. I remember that. So things like that. Uh, my grandfather, him being a wealthy man, he has that same reaction. He's upset. Uh, it's, he thinks it's ridiculous because he's a businessman. He oh. knows. He knows that that's wrong. He knows that that's outrageous. Him as a businessman knows that that is wrong. He knows what's going on there. And he knows that he shouldn't be paying $5 for the Big Mac. So it, it really depends. And I, I, I would say that there's a huge difference between people who inherit money and who are self-made. Uh, I have a ton of respect for people who are self-made. I think that is a very good thing. And I think that is what uh, is what makes America special. Uh, is that you can achieve that. The odds are unlikely, but you can. And I'd say that, like I said, companies are a necessary evil. Um, I'd say that, you know, Amazon, Walmart, these big companies have allowed us to have perhaps an easier life, but has also spoiled us to a degree that is uh, people a hundred years ago, pioneers, people who lived in log cabins and who had to chop firewood before uh, the nighttime or else they would freeze to death. Now, consider us. Um, most of us live in homes that we can just bump up the heater yeah. and be just fine. No fire, but nothing manual. No oh. manual labor. It, we um, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. We have our producer, uh, Kellen Barrow, over there. Um, is it Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Yes. So Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a great example of this. Um, it talks about these stages that people need to have, um, you know, food, you know, shelter, um, before they can even start to have like emotional thought complexes, things like that. Yeah. Because back in the day when you were laboring on your farm to, uh, one feed your family and to go sell those goods to provide for your family. And then you have to chop the wood before the night, light a fire and make sure that fire is going. So you don't freeze to death during the dark, cold Wyoming winter. It gives very little time for you to sit there and think, Wyoming. So funny. I hate yeah. my life. Uh, you know, there's no purpose because I'm not doing anything meaningful. I'm not, you know. Sure, you are surviving. Yeah, you are at this point making your family survive. Ex- that, exactly, that's your purpose at the moment. And I would agree in that sense that depression is a luxury because we have all those other needs so easily covered that we now, I think, as humans, are kind of at a point where we don't know how to develop ourselves emotionally quite correctly. Because when you think about animals, humans are animals. Uh, we may be a little more advanced than the others. We still have but instincts. We, we have instincts. And up until a certain point, which is pretty recent in modern history, our instincts were to find shelter, find food. Find a nice wife. Survive. But now that's so easy, 
that I don't think we've had enough time to evolve emotionally and mentally that we have all these mental illnesses and problems because it is so new to the human race. What's your opinion on like mental illness and like in general? I'll give you mine. What do you mean by that? Like kind of like what you're saying, like how it's kind of evolved because like the ease of the world. Like my personal opinion is I feel like people can be depressed like momentarily, but I feel like depression long term is more rare than like momentary depression. Sure. Um, What's your point? So I feel like everybody can feel depressed. Like, yeah, you can feel depressed and maybe you're not where you want to be or whatever. Or in this case that we're talking about, maybe you just like don't feel fulfilled. You're not really doing anything meaningful. So I feel like it's being depressed at moments is okay. Or like after death, but I feel like, like having to go to therapy for like years because of depression is more of like a more rare than it should be more rare than Um, are are you saying that perhaps it's over characterized for people to say, uh, I have depression, um, because in that sense, I might agree with you. A lot of people. Yes, I think that's what I'm trying to. Say. Okay, I'd say that yes. Um, people have gotten into a very unfortunate stage of human existence where they are too often labeling themselves with diagnoses, and that's something that I believe should be left up left up to the professionals. Um, but I do think it becomes such a common thing. Like I, I see what you're saying. People will get sad. Maybe their maybe their aunt died and things like that, and then. Um, they experience sadness. It's not like sadness isn't an emotion that humans don't feel. Yeah. Um, but I, I do agree that sometimes I'd say a lot of the time people will exaggerate that and say, Oh, I'm depressed and I have depression that those are two very different things. If you are sad, that is just fine. Having depression is a very different, you know, end of the spectrum. So I, I myself am diagnosed with depression. I, okay. I, I, I would on many occasions like, like nice to game and no, to game end myself, right? It's a, it's a mental illness. It's something that like is detrimental to my living. And it's, it's not like a brief period, right? So it, it, mental illness exists, but there's also a lot of people who don't have a mental illness that they diagnose. It's like me. When I look up, uh, people are, are, oh, yeah. people are hypochondriacs. Most people are hypochondriacs. I will get like a, like my bone will hurt. And I'm like, I'll look it up on Mayo you're clinic. Like, oh, it's like, you have, dying. you have, you're death. A, you have a bone tumor. You're, you have six months to live. I'm like, Oh my God, I, I'm done. Most people are like that. So when they, especially with the conversation of mental health being so prevalent nowadays, if they are experiencing a brief period of sadness, it's I, they, well, they'll automatically attribute it to depression because that's yeah. just what they hear, right? But that may not be the case. It's I do believe that people overcharacterize it, and they, they're hypochondriacs in that way. Just like me when I think I have a bone tumor because I have an ouchie at my – I have a nerve that's like misfiring or something. Yeah. Makes me kind of think – like in my personal life, like I don't, I don't feel like I get sad. I don't get – like I don't have like depression like that that's like overwhelming me. But the things that kind of, like, help me, like, when it does come on is, like, doing hard things. Like, like a good example we kind of talked about yesterday, like, when I'm squatting, like, squatting is, like, one of my favorite lifts to do with the gym. It's very stressful, mm-hmm. and I have to, like, overcome it by, like, keep going to the point, like, like, I'm tired or, like, the rep range that I wanted. But at the end, like, I'm, like, I knew I did something hard. And then there's, I feel, like, joy and, like, relief. Like, the day is much better. So I don't know about others or about you, 
But I feel like for, for me, like times where like I've, I'm like I'm a, I'm having a harder harder day. Maybe I got rejected by too many girls that day, or whatever it is, or like my aunt died on Christmas, or like whatever happens. Um, there's things that like I will boil up that I'll just like go to a different stress reliever. In this case, is like the gym and like pushing my body to a limit because like then I'll release anything like I'm building up. So I feel like to me that's kind of how I I like deal with like stressful or like depressing times. Sure, um, and, and and something you'll find out if you do ever have a a real mental illness is that that is solid advice. Medication is not going to fix <laughs> right that's everything. Right. You have to find it from the show. Well, you you do have to find outlets because you can't just take a pill every morning. And everything's going to be fine. You have to, uh, physical exercise is super important. One that, um, is very not prevalent in the American society. I'd say last going to be it for the down to talk radio podcast here this Thursday night. It's been a great, thanks for coming on Mr. Dewey Da Vinci. You're welcome. Have a good night, everybody.